many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand but I know tomorrow and I know who holds my hand <coughs> Thank you Dave, you could not have picked a more perfect song for what we're going to be talking about in the next hour. Chronological study of the Thank Bible you. Once again, Solomon did not include this in his original book. Proverbs 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Could he have sung a better song? Nope. Boast not thyself of tomorrow because you don't know what a day may bring forth. That's exactly what the song just says. I don't know what tomorrow holds. The older I get, the more true this is. Occasionally, I think back to COVID at its height, when everybody was wearing a mask, when we thought we were going to get arrested for coming to church. I still can't believe we did that. I don't know what tomorrow holds, and no one predicted COVID. No one. I had a very well-meaning friend, and don't react to this way, I had a very well-meaning friend that told me when he found out that Michelle had got the vaccination, she'd be dead a year later. He was wrong. It blows my mind how much we don't know about the future. James chapter 4 talks about that. Verse 13, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get again. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. We constantly are talking about, I'll do that Tuesday. I'll do that whenever. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. It's claiming that I'm going to do something tomorrow. It says, God, I don't care what you want. I'm doing that. It's exactly what it says. We are so used to doing it that it doesn't register in our mind that we're doing it. But we're saying... God, I don't care what you want for tomorrow. I'm going to do this, and I'm so sure I'm going to do it, I'm going to tell somebody else that I'm going to do it. 2 Corinthians starts with Paul defending something. Don't answer. But does anyone know what Paul is defending in the beginning of 2 Corinthians? The chapter that I had Ray read typically is ignored in 1 Corinthians because it's a bunch of names and it really doesn't say anything. It says one very, very, very big thing to the Corinthians. Paul says, I am coming. I am coming. And they were angry because he didn't come. And 2 Corinthians starts out with him defending his decision not to visit them after the chapter that Ray read. They were furious at Paul because he didn't do what he said he was going to do. But watch this. In 1 Corinthians 16, 7, he said, if the Lord permit. Their anger was at God, not him. But again, it didn't register in their mind. 
Paul said, if will the Lord permit, if the Lord wills, I will come back and see you the next time. He didn't come, and they assumed he lied. That's a terrible assumption. What are we doing Thursday? Don't answer out loud, because you don't know. Correct. You don't know. And if COVID has taught us anything, it's taught us that. This can be a wonderful reminder that God is active in our lives. It doesn't have to be a negative thought. It, it's, it could be a beautiful thought. God could do something that I have no idea about. And so I'm going to make myself available to that. That's what this Paul is saying here. God could do something that he wants that's more important than what I want, and I have to be available to do that. That's what Paul said, and that's how we should teach, treat everything. But again, we are so used to being in control. It doesn't occur to us to do that. This past week was one of the hardest weeks I've had at work, and I told my new boss that. One of the hardest weeks I've had. And she was concerned. She says, can I do anything? And she started, I said, you can't do anything. It's just the way that things happened. Every day, Michelle will tell you, I came home just stressed out, quiet, just, just, I just want to be alone. All of it, all of it was because what was happening is not what I thought should happen. What was happening was not a bad thing. It's just not how it should work. For instance, just one tiny little thing. My job is all in the field. I've got a computer that I have to document everything in real time. But if the internet don't work, I'm stuck. So what I was having to do was go to a location and do my job and then go to a different location a half mile down the road to document what I did. Then going back to the next location and doing my job and then going a half mile down the road to document what I did. My boss said, should we talk to IT about that? I said, IT doesn't control the internet. That's just the way it is. My mind was thinking, this is not what I want to happen. It's not even what should happen. The problem is, it is what God mandated to happen. If God didn't want it to happen, it would not have happened. Simple as that. God is not Santa Claus. God is in control. He is a king on the throne, and what he wants, he gets. Irritations are me being prevented from changing what he wants. When I get irritated, when I get frustrated, it's because I don't want what he wants. I want what I want. And you know what that is? That's walking with God like a toddler. You stomped on my toes this morning. Malik has autism. If you give Malik what he wants, he is the most perfect person in the world. Regularly, though, we don't understand what he wants. And he makes it very clear that is not what he wants. I'll give you an example. This morning he got up and everything Michelle said to him, No! No! And it was that loud, too. Michelle said, He doesn't want me talking to him. He wasn't saying no to what she was asking him. He was saying, I can't take it right now. And it occurred to me, 
most Christians, including me, live their Christian life exactly that same way. As long as God is doing what we want, giving us what we want, we're good little kids. But as soon as He takes a left turn or a right turn, whoa, 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 wait a second, God, I don't want to go over there. I want to go over here. And it's just like a little, little kid. Little kid. Man, you were on my toes this morning. Why is it so hard for us to understand that God loves us and He wants to do and He's going to do what is best and fighting it does not hurt Him at all. He's going to get what He wants. He's the parent. All it does is it wears us out. If only He would tell us we're going to the ice cream store. That was powerful. The problem is, is it's none of our business if we're going to the ice cream store. Typically, when he's taking us to the ice cream store, he's also taking us to pay the taxes and also taking us to buy groceries and also all these other things we don't want to do. And so if we knew we were going to the, to, the, to the ice cream shop, we'd just get mad because we don't go directly to the ice cream shop. And so God says, listen, I'm your father. I love you. I proved on the cross that I love you. Just trust me. Just trust me. Can't you just trust me? And I look at Malik and his difficulty. If there's anybody he ought to trust, it's Michelle. I don't know if he's capable, all right? But the patience that she has with him, uh, the, it just it amazes me how she works with him. And again, that reminds me of God. The patience God has with me, the patience God had with me this past week, I, I told him, I'm so sorry that I fought you so much this week. Say, what in the world does the internet have with God? God has everything to do with everything. We are walking with Him. We're not just walking and then call Him when we need Him. And he comes and rescues us, then He leaves, then we keep going wherever we are. That's how I thought Christianity worked. I thought walking with God means eventually I'm going to get to heaven. Meanwhile, I'm going to do what I need to do to survive, and if I need him, I'll call him for help. He comes and rescues me, and I say, thanks, and then you go away. It is not it at all. Okay, God's got us by the hand. We are walking with him. The question is, how are we walking with him? Are we demanding that tomorrow I'm going to do this? We're saying, God, I don't care what you want for tomorrow. At least consider the possibility that God may have something different that he wants and tell people I will if God makes me able you know who the best person of this is that I know right there Ramona every single time I talk about anything in the future she says yep in the Lord willing Lord willing so true and it's not a bad thing at all. It's saying, I'm going to leave open the possibility that God has something different. A lot of people say God has something better. I don't like to use that word, but I'll tell you why. Something better implies that I'm going to agree that it's better. Okay? It is better because he says it's good, but I'm not going to see it that way. Probably not. Again, I'm a toddler. Okay? What do toddlers see that's good besides the ice cream shop? Nothing. Powerful stuff, Ray. Thank you for that. 
Let another man praise you and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. There are people who insist on being recognized for what they did. And if they don't get recognized, they get their feelings hurt. Okay? Get over it. Because no one gets recognized for the things that they do. There's certain people that we have learned they are always doing something, so they're on our radar. We watch for it. But there's other people that, well, we really don't have any idea what they did. Ray preached Wednesday night. The, the sermon was about a half hour something like that. But the work to prepare it, I bet nobody thanked him for that. Hey, the work to prepare it's way bigger than that. But if Ray or I or Dad or anybody waits to be recognized for that, forget it. No way, it's not going to happen. Let another man praise thee. Why? Because then you know it's real. What I just gave Ray was real. I don't mean to butter you up. It's just a perfect illustration of what this stuff is talking about. Wait for somebody else to give you credit because then it's going to be so much better because you know it's actually valid. Proverbs 25, 27, It is not good to eat much honey, for so for men to search their own glory is not glory. The same concept. If I have to ask for it, it won't be genuine whatever it is. If I have to ask for it, it won't be genuine. I used to work in a pest control company. And they loved when customers would compliment certain technicians because it showed those technicians were making the customer happy. The problem is it didn't show anything. There was one guy that got so much, every customer complimented him. The rest of us, what's here, what's there? That said nothing about us, it said everything about him. He was saying, would you mind calling my boss and telling him I did a good job? He asked them to do it. Oh boy. <laughs> the boss didn't care. He was getting the stuff. He was getting the calls. Oh man, he's great. He's great. He's great. You wouldn't believe the other stuff that guy was doing. Also, <laughs> when I was at Disney, I got called to supervision, and I never went to supervision. That's worse than the principal's office. I was shaking. They said, we have something we want you to see. They handed me a piece of paper, handwritten by someone from out of state, who said, we just wanted to compliment Danny, he made our trip. That one real compliment was worth everything else that anybody's ever given me, because I knew it was genuine. But it has to be genuine. The only way it's going to be genuine is we wait for it. Just let it happen on its own. Verse 3, a stone is heavy and the sand weighty, but a fool's wrath is heavier than them both. I want to do a survey. Okay, and you've got to be honest. How many of you consider yourself a fool? Raise your hand. Okay, most people won't do that. Most people will say, well, I'm, I'm normal, I'm middle, I'm not a fool. All right? For those that didn't raise your hand, you only have one other choice. You have to raise your hand on this. How many of you consider yourself wise? Okay? If you didn't raise your hand on both of them, you lied. Now, I'm not going to say you lied because I used the word considered yourself. I'd like to ask the question, what do you consider yourself? Most people feel like we're better than average at 
everything, driving, uh, being a parent, being a husband, I'm better than average. I'm not as good as the, the best guy, but I'm certainly not as bad as the bad guy. I'm good as everybody else, and that's good enough. A fool does not mean you're bad at everything. I submit to you there's no one that's bad at everything. Say even Adolf Hitler? Did you know that Adolf Hitler invented the interstate highway system? Yep. He invented it. We still use it today because it was a smart thing to do. Adolf Hitler invented the Volkswagen. Yep. We still we, Volkswagen is still around, and other car companies use the principles of, of cheap stuff they got from Henry Ford, yes, but also from the, how they made Volkswagen. Uh, every time you get on a jet, jet airplane, guess who you need to think? He pointed a gun to people's head and says, I want to go faster, and if I don't, you die. So he got to, it's exactly what happened. Not everyone is always foolish, but not everyone is always wise. A stone is heavy and sand waiting, but a fool's wrath. How do I know if that is me? The difference is, am I seeking God or am I seeking myself? Am I seeking God or am I seeking, that's the only difference between being wise and being a fool with work. Both stones and sand can be moved. It's amazing. I've got a neighborhood in Claremont, which is very hilly. They wanted to build a neighborhood that was flat. And they brought in thousands of truckloads of dirt. Thousands. And they raised this thing here 50 feet up in the air so that 50 houses could sit flat where it was been here before. It can be done with work. The anger of someone not seeking God, though, cannot be moved without the Holy Spirit. It cannot. The person who is not seeking God is the toddler who will fight until they're wore out. It's foolish because God is God. Dad is dad. We're going to get what he wants, not what we want. So stop fighting him. The anger of someone not seeking God cannot be moved without the Holy Spirit. That being said, if someone is that angry, go to the source. Don't try to make them lose the symptoms of their anger. Take them right to, how is your relationship with God? Another way to say it, how is God treating you? Okay. That almost always will fix all the other symptoms if they will respond correctly. But a lot of people don't know that's the problem. They just know they got symptom after symptom. Internet won't work. It's, it's just a bunch of nonsense. Really, the problem is, is I'm not walking with God like a halfway intelligent person. I'm walking with God like a toddler. Four, wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who is able to stand before envy? Building off the last verse, which is wrath. Wrath is cruel, yes. Anger is outrageous, but who can stand before envy? Building off the last one, envy is much more difficult. Why is envy so difficult to deal with? Our greatest need is significance and security, and this is the reason why people envy. Our greatest need 
is significance and security, and this is why people envy. They feel like that I need this. You have it. And that's not right. Why do I need that? They don't take time to think. It's because their deepest root down need is significance and security. When we don't have significance and security, for whatever reason, when we don't have it, but others do have it, we can feel like we're drowning. I'm so impressed with Beverly for being here this morning because she was drowning. Why does she still have to go to the hospital over and over and over? I believe the hospital gives her security. When they say there's nothing wrong with you, it calms her down. I, I submit to you that's exactly her problem. Fixing it, that's a whole other thing. But when other people have it and I don't, that's envy and that can get dangerous. That is why, how do I say this? The poor section of town typically is where the criminals are. Why? Because they're envious and not afraid to do something to fix what they're envious of. It's not so much that they're poor, it's the fact that you have what they want. By the way, this is why the Middle East hates us. They don't want what we have. They think what we have shouldn't exist. There shouldn't be air conditioning. There shouldn't be even cars. They want to blow the whole thing up and go back to the time of Moses. From a religious perspective, I don't blame them. I really don't. But they would rather see us die than see it get worse. It's all envy. Commandment number 10, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. That commandment is against envy. It's all it is. Thou shalt not envy. But it is so hard to get rid of because it goes back to the fact that I think I need what God has given them. God messed up. He gave what I need to them. This past week, God gave the internet to them. By the way, that is what happened. You can get a good signal. You, you probably know this, but I learned this this past week. You got a water pipe, okay? Water pipe goes down the sidewalk. Little pipe goes up to the house. Little pipe goes up to the house. Little pipe goes up to the house, okay? To feed the pressure that these houses need, this has to be under tremendous pressure. And that's why when somebody breaks it, it spews up. The internet's exactly the same way. What they have built is a system where the phone companies tell you, we'll connect you to this. We'll connect you to this. We'll but you know what it is they're connecting? They're taking you to a water hose. There's just not enough data space there. And so what happens is people get on the internet and there's so many people sucking off of that water hose that what everybody's getting is trickle, trickle, trickle. And I'm getting mad at God for it? It's just, it's dumb. Who should I be mad at? I should be mad at myself for trusting that the internet was going to do what they said it was going to do. Nothing is going to do what they said it's going to do. Commandment 10. One of the Ten Commandments. 
I'm not aware of anyone ever being charged or convicted of it. Ever. Thou shalt not steal? Millions of people have been convicted of that. Thou shalt not lie. Millions of people have had to answer for lying. I'm not aware of anyone ever being charged or convicted with commandment 10. Why? It's all inside. We completely bury it. Do you know why we completely bury it? Because we don't like it. We wish it wasn't there. How do we get rid of it? The only way to get, I think it's coming up. Yeah, the only cure for envy, the only cure for envy is recognizing our place before God. That is the only cure for envy. We deserve hell. If we don't get that, we're going to be envious. Period. We deserve hell. We don't think we deserve hell. No, I'm not wise, but I'm not a fool either. Well, that's the only two choices there is. Am I seeking God or am I seeking myself? We deserve hell. I think that we've covered that in this room quite a bit. If anyone on Sermon Audio is listening that don't understand why you deserve hell, give me a call, 407-466-5128. I would love to explain it. We deserve hell. If we don't get that, we will always be comparing ourselves to one another. Yep. If we don't understand that we deserve hell, we will always be comparing ourselves to each other, and envy is rooted in that. I should have what he has. I don't have it, therefore there's something wrong. It's not so much that I'm a bad person, I need it for significance and security. My significance and security was designed to be met by Jesus. Significance, Jesus went to the cross. There is no more significance than that. Security, Jesus went to the cross. There is no more security than that. We don't want to do things Jesus' way. We want to fight him. We want to say, I want the ice cream now. And so we fight and we fight and we fight and we fight and we wind up where he wants us anyway. All wore out. If we do get what they have, and this does happen, where I'm at, there are people that are so wealthy why don't you say this? The world's largest residential structure is being built in Windermere right now. It's been being built for 15 years, still not done. It's the world's largest residential structure. The gas meter for that thing, you wouldn't believe it. But in that neighborhood, there are people who turn their pool heaters on and leave them on all the time. Why? Well, they might want to go swimming. How much their gas bill is? I've seen those gas bills be $10,000. They pay them. It's just amazing how much some people have. And so when we finally get what it is we think we ought to have, my wife was sure if she got an Equinox, everything would be great. You know what she wants now? What's, what, what letters is this? I can't remember. You won't admit to it, will you? It's not a Lamborghini. Is it a Lamb? Not a Lamborghini? Not a Ferrari. It's one of those types. Of guys. It's what she wants. Not going to get it. 
<laughs> Even if we do get what they have, they will have gotten it first, and therefore we're still the loser anyway. All of it is nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. Five, open rebuke is better than secret love. Open rebuke is better. But folks, who wants it? Who wants open rebuke? Who wants to be called out in front of a whole congregation about what kind of car you want? Nobody wants open rebuke, but it's better than secret love. Secret love is something I'm surprisingly good at. I did it for three years. No one found out. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Secret anything affects nothing. Secret anything affects nothing. When I loved Michelle secretly, did she feel love? No, she did not. All she felt was envy. Constant envy. But there are times now when she wants to do something, and I'll say, I'm sorry, we're not going to do it, and Scripture says this, and this is why we're not going to do it. Okay? She sees that as valuable. I have a, a frame that flashes different pictures and different sayings. It's, it's my personal Facebook type thing just for me. There is thing on there she wrote me. She said, I love how that you tell me no. No one can tell me no better than you. That is so valuable to me. Why? Open rebuke is better than secret love. People know you care when you will try to make sure they do the right thing. Beverly and Alicia have a very tense relationship. Because Alicia wants to help Beverly, she don't know how. Beverly wants to get better, and she don't know how. That's very, very real. But Alicia, because she cares, gets a little loud. We heard a little bit this morning, just, just a little bit, a bit. I said, Beverly, she's only saying that because she loves you. If she didn't love you, she wouldn't say anything because she wouldn't care. And that seemed to help Beverly and Alicia both. If we care, communicate what we see is needed in the person's life. Rebuke often promotes growth. Secret love never promotes anything. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Exactly the same concept. Very similar to the last one. This adds the requirement of friendship. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. This is open, not, this is open rebuke coming from someone who you know loves you. The wounds are not out of anger, but of tough love. And occasionally we have to do this sort of thing. God has to do this thing regularly. When received correctly, it can be very productive. One of the things that made this past week hard was something that my new boss said we need to start doing. And I said, are you sure we need to do that? And I went through and explained why what she was wanting us to do was absolute nonsense. We got done. I said, but whatever you say, I'll do. She said, do it. It's insane, but I still got to do it. This past week, I ran for five days straight. Just run, 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 run. And the next week's going to be exactly the same. It's going to be because she wants this done every time, and it's a total, absolute waste. When received correctly, it can be productive. I don't know what this thing is going to produce to me it's nonsense she sees what it's going to produce if I receive it correctly and not fight her I'm going to get along a whole lot better than if I resist and fight and 
what the real benefit is, I do find out that I'm actually fighting that. It's kind of like buying a rundown property. We bought property across the street, rundown, bulldozing it. We bulldozed that property and building something nice. We built a parking lot. Why would we respond negatively to someone who cares enough to risk offending us just to help us grow? Should that lot hate us? No. We took it to the ice cream parlor. It didn't want to go the way we went. Trust me, it didn't like being bulldozed. Beverly don't like being bulldozed by Alicia, but sometimes the bulldozing is helpful. So how do we tell if they're trying to build or bulldoze? How do we tell if they're trying to build or bulldoze? Watch this, this is important. Both are needed. Both, it doesn't matter if they're trying to build or bulldoze. Both are needed because both are part of the process. Look past the emotion and see the words that they're saying. See that the, the thing that they're trying to accomplish. Ask them, how will this benefit you? The problem is, is in these situations, we're swimming in emotion. Beverly this morning swimming in emotion. She could only see one thing and that was the access to air. She had to get air. And for her, the air is at the hospital. We gotta communicate. We gotta talk. We gotta say, hey, I, I know this is important to you. I don't understand. And this is what's gonna happen to me if we do it. And then when it's all talked out, let it happen. Why? Because God can stop it if he wants it stop it. God will stop it if he wants it stopped. If he wants it to happen, it's going to happen if he's got to drag us or if we walk along peacefully. It's going to happen. Ask God what he thinks. This makes me crazy. When I'm tempted to make a decision in a hurry, and I've done a bunch of them, and I give in, <coughs> it makes me crazy how it's usually wrong. It makes me crazy. But the times when I've insisted, I need to find out what God wants. And I'm not going to let myself do something otherwise. Every single time, what happened turned out to be better. Every single time. Salespeople do not want you seeking God. And when you say, I need time to pray about this, it makes them crazy. Because you know why? They know they're not giving you a good deal. If they thought they were giving you a good deal, they'd let you go home, do all your research, and find out this is in fact a good deal. You'll be back in a couple of days because it's a good deal. They want you to sign before you leave because they know you'll find something better somewhere else. We don't want to wait, though. We want the ice cream now. Give it three days to answer. That, that's not scriptural mandate. That's just what I have found works. Verse 17 is going to visit this again, and we're going to stop right here. Father, thank you for your word. 
everything that we have said here today, everything that Ray said Wednesday night, straight from your word, it's been there for thousands of years. We've read it over and over and over, but somehow you showed us again something different, or at least you showed me. Thank you for the privilege of sharing it with your people. Help us to see through the emotion. Help us to see the fact that you are a father who cares enough to make sure we go where he wants us to go and will drag us if he has to. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.